Just before Jesus uh, ascended into heaven after his death and resurrection, he gave to his disciples a command. We often refer to it as a commission, the Great Commission. He told them that they were to make disciples of all nations. And that command that was given to the apostles has been given to us also because the Lord wants his people to obey everything that Jesus commanded and everything that Jesus commanded includes this great commission. So West Highland Church is all about making disciples for Jesus Christ, sharing Christ with them, sharing the gospel with people so that they can then believe and follow him. We believe that a disciple is someone who follows Jesus, is being changed by Jesus, and is committed to the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is our mission as a church, to make disciples of others. Jesus said that those who become followers of his are to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we are to teach them who are baptized to obey everything that the Lord has commanded us. So today you're going to hear the stories of six people. Six people who have become disciples of the Lord. Some recently, some a considerable time ago, but they are all disciples of the Lord. So we're asking you to open your hearts to them, please, as they share their stories. <clears throat> Good morning, West Highland. My name is Jacob Lico. I'm 19 years old and I was born and raised in Hamilton in the Catholic religion. This is not my first baptism, as I was baptized as an infant and carried out other sacraments in the Catholic Church. While attending Catholic school, I never took my faith seriously, and I was greatly lost and confused with my spirituality. My stepsister Alexandra, who attends here, introduced me to the Lord and the Christian faith. I felt drawn, since it shows me ways to focus on enhancing my relationship with the Lord through scripture, rather than sacraments. I vividly remember the moment when the Lord changed my heart, and I discussed and prayed with Pastor John about salvation. This is when I realized that what Jesus did in taking my sins on the cross, and that I wanted to live my life as a disciple. Since coming to Christ, my mind, heart, and soul has completely transformed, and I have a sense of inner peace. I now realize his gift of life in me, and that no matter what happens, he has an everlasting plan for me. Philippians 4.6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. On this day, I am being baptized to express that I am fully committed to my relationship with the Lord, and that my past self is forever gone, and I am reborn in full unity with him forever. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Haley Joe, and I was blessed to be raised in a loving, gospel-believing home. My parents have provided me with a lot in my life, but most importantly, the seeds of my faith were planted at a young age. When I was in high school, I publicly professed my faith in the Christian Reformed Church. I attended Hamilton District Christian High and was heavily involved in that community throughout my time there but I also struggled with mental illness and a strong fear of failure. I did not always plan for there to be a future. When it came time to deciding what came after high school, I chose to become an accountant like my mom for no better reason than it felt like the secure place to go. I chose to attend Redeemer because it seemed like the safe option, the option with the least likelihood of failure. Luckily for me, I was wrong. Redeemer's business program is not easy, and it required a lot of dedication to ensure that I did well, but it prepared me exceedingly well both to enter the workforce and to continue my education toward my chartered professional accounting designation. It was also during my time at Redeemer that I really began to take my faith seriously. I gained lifelong Christian mentors who helped me begin the journey of tackling my mental illness. I graduated from Redeemer a stronger, more confident person than I began, and more rooted in my faith. Following Redeemer, I spent three years working full-time while pursuing my CPA on the side. Much of this time overlapped with COVID. 
I was isolated, living alone with little accountability. During this time, I came to rely on my success as a measure of my self-worth. While I am proud of what I have accomplished, my largest regret is allowing my fear of failure to shift my focus from having a personal relationship with the Lord to pursuing excellence in my career and schooling at all costs. I did not do personal devotions. I rarely attended church in person and often not at all. I was at best a lukewarm Christian. After completing my CPA though, I purchased a house in Hamilton and shortly thereafter began attending West Highland. Here I began to feel the call to return to trusting in the Lord and being devoted to him. I have joined a community group, which has been a huge blessing, not only because the people are lovely, but also because it has created the accountability that helps ensure I maintain regular attendance. Conversation has also challenged me to think and to grow. I have never doubted that I am a child of God, saved by his grace and the sacrifice of his son. But now I want to strengthen my confidence in that truth, and this is why I am being baptized today, to be rooted in the knowledge that my worth comes not from my own actions, but from the reality that I am his daughter. I want to continue to grow in my personal life and in my career, but not out of a fear of failure, but rather a celebration of life as his child so that I can share the good news and work not for man, but for God. Good morning, my name is Josh. I grew up in a Christian home and at a young age gave my life to Christ knowing that he died for me and I wanted a relationship with him. There was not one thing or time that stands out, but over the last few years, God has placed a greater desire in my heart to grow and to know him on a deeper level. I have started to take my faith more seriously, reading the Bible more, spending time in prayer, and overall trying to act in a manner that is honoring to God. There was a long time where I didn't care about being baptized, but as I have spent more time reading the Bible and learning, I know that it is important. I want to live my life in a way that is obedient to God, which is why I'm being baptized today. I want to be bold about my faith and live a life that is pleasing to God. I know I cannot do this on my own, but God is gracious, forgiving, and is here to walk this journey with me. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Thanks. Hi, everyone. My name is Noah Van Voorst. I'm 21 years old, and I was blessed to have grown up in a Christian home. My mom taught me the gospel at a very young age, so I have been taught about Christ the Savior as long as I can remember. Despite growing up within the faith, it has not been an easy journey whatsoever. Uh, I'm not here to badmouth anyone or a certain church, but the church I attended throughout my childhood and teens was far from a healthy church. Rather than being focused on the gospel message, it was more of a social club with worldly views, and that really showed when a significant event happened in my life. When I was 14 years old, my family started going through a very difficult time. I had a father who deeply hurt and betrayed my family. He broke the most sacred vows two people can make with each other, and that was more painful than I can describe. You'd think after such an event, the Christians around you would be there for you and be a support system, but they were quite the opposite. Not only did they not keep a member of the church accountable, they sided with the wrongdoer of the situation solely due to the social aspect, while he had zero remorse. After being treated this way by all the people I grew up with, I had a lot of resentment towards the church I went to. So I left, and not just the church, but the entire community I grew up in. Life after that was quite lonely for a long time. Due to the church's response, I really closed myself off from people. I especially closed my heart off to building friendships and getting involved in a community. And that was my life for all of my teen years, and they were lonely years. After a long time of being stuck in this phase with an unhealthy mindset, I visited West Highland. I was amazed by the true gospel being preached. This was a church I really saw the Holy Spirit in. I started attending regularly and eventually got involved with the young adults. I'd like to thank Chris and Rachel McKenna 
for opening their doors for the young adults every other Sunday night. Thanks to their hospitality, I was able to not only make friends, but brothers and sisters in Christ. After creating bonds with these people, my eyes really opened to how Christians are supposed to act. One cannot walk this journey alone, and thanks to some of my brothers, my faith in the Lord has strengthened tenfold. Now with such a solid faith in Christ, I live my life by 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I truly see Christ at the center of my life, and he shall remain there until I breathe my last breath. Thank you to my brothers and sisters in Christ, my brother and sister, and especially my mom, for helping me to forge me into the Christian man I need to be for the people I love. Through baptism, I publicly profess to you that I truly believe Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior, and that I shall do my best to be an example for him and to live for him the rest of my days. Good morning, my name is Ruth Ann Van Voorst and I am here to share some of my faith journey and what brings me here this morning to be completely baptized. I was blessed to grow up in a Christian home and also had the unique experience of growing up as a pastor's child in the Reformed Church. I was surrounded by people in my life who truly loved the Lord and helped instill a rich knowledge of God's word that I don't take for granted. Even as a young child of about four years old, I can still vividly remember leaving my Sunday school class and just having a complete love and joy for Jesus. Even though I perhaps couldn't completely articulate at that age all that I was feeling, I knew that I felt loved by him. Growing up as a pastor's child was both a blessing and a challenge. Some of my experiences saddened me and began to discourage my faith journey as a young teenager. Yet God, in his complete wisdom and love, placed pivotal people in my life to encourage me. These Christ-filled individuals reminded me that, although people will let us down, our God is a loving and caring Father who will never disappoint us. When I was 18 years old, I felt called to proclaim my faith in Jesus through what the Reformed Church calls public profession of faith. This was a very sincere and important step in my faith walk. Soon after, I attended a Christian college in the States, became a teacher, met my husband, and felt called to teach at a Christian mission school in Japan. When we returned to Ontario, we joined the Christian Reformed Church, began in teaching in local Christian schools, and were blessed by three beautiful children, and one of them's behind me. <laughs> Although there are many beautiful blessings in life, we also know that life is not easy here on earth, and that we will face deep valleys. About seven years ago, my children and I experienced such a valley when my husband walked away from our marriage and abandoned our family. I have never experienced such deep, heart-wrenching grief as I did then. Yet, I can still stand here and tell you today that God has been with me and my children in ways that surpass understanding. He has provided for our every need. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 has been a huge comfort to me. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And so that brings me to why I'm here today. Unfortunately, when a ch church does not practice appropriate biblical discipline, further harm is done, not only to those who have been wounded, but also to those who are witnessing this lack of accountability. For this and other reasons, I knew that I could no longer stay with my home church, not only for my own well-being, but also for that of my children. 
When I began attending West Highland this past fall, I heard God's message faithfully preached, and I have felt encouraged, strengthened, and refreshed. I feel the loving protection of our Heavenly Father to have found a congregation that is intentionally striving to follow God's word, regardless of what culture may say. I also recognize that I too need to be obedient to his word. So I come here today in another step of my faith journey to be fully baptized as a sign of my belief in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, to acknowledge that I need him in all areas of my life, and to tell you that because of my hope in Christ, I know that he is with me in all circumstances and that I can face tomorrow. Thank you. Hello everyone. My name is Grace Widers and I'm 14 years old. I was raised in a Christian home and have been coming to West Highland for my whole life. I don't really remember my life before Christ, to be completely honest. My whole life, I've been so fortunate to be surrounded by Christian family and friends who set amazing examples for me and my siblings. I have always been involved in the church, from going to camp since grade one, Tuesday night kids clubs, Star Kids, youth, and now as a volunteer in kids club and summer camp. From a young age, I knew that asking Jesus to forgive my sins and come into my life was my decision, not my mom and dad's, but rather a personal decision that I had, just ma- that I had to make for myself when I was ready. I remember the moment I did. I was seven. I had just gone to bed, and I was sitting there after a fun day at summer camp. I can remember talking to God, asking Jesus to forgive me about, for all the bad, thing, bad things I've done, and asking him to take away my sin and come into my life. I was so scared that he didn't hear me, so I just kept asking, for Jesus, asking Jesus for days and days, because the idea that he didn't hear me made me so sad, so I just kept asking. But then I talked to my mom and Aunt Lindsay. They explained to me that God always hears you no matter what, and it really gave me peace of mind, and, she st- and it still does. Knowing no matter what, even if I just want to lay in bed and talk, he's always listening. Since I was so young when I asked Jesus into my life, I didn't see a drastic change, but I know the difference he makes in my life now. I have gone through some hard times, and I am so thankful to have Jesus help me through them. I want to keep following him my whole, for my whole life. I am being baptized today to obey God because the Bible says to believe and be baptized, and I tell and also tell everyone that I belong to Jesus. Thank you. Jacob, I, I remember the Sunday morning when you uh, came to the front and we prayed together. I think we were seated on those chairs right there at the front. And it was very clear to me that God was working in your heart. And from that moment, you have really followed Christ. And we have seen that you are a disciple who's following Jesus and being changed by Jesus. So we rejoice in that, and because you have confessed today that Christ is your Savior and Lord, it is a great joy for Jamie and I to now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Haley Joe, thank you for sharing with us today about your story, how God has worked in your heart. Uh, You and I had a number of, of pretty intense conversations And I felt in my heart as you shared more and more about your faith, just how important Jesus Christ is to you. And so it's a real joy for us, having heard your story today, knowing that God has touched you by his amazing grace, to now obey the Lord's command, and to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, Josh, I have not known you for very long. But in the short time that I have, I have sensed in you, in you what Paul calls, when he spoke to Timothy, a sincere faith. The faith which first lived in your, in your parents, but now lives in you also. Thank you for sharing your testimony with us today. Thank you that you are pursuing the Lord with all of your heart. We want to assure you that we will continue to pray for you as you follow the Lord. And now we obey Christ's command and baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
of the Holy Spirit. Well, Noah, it's been uh, good to get to know you a little bit over the past little little while and see you get really involved here at West Highland. Um, I was really touched hearing your, your story and hearing how God has really sustained you through the good times and the, and the difficult ones. And, uh, and he'll continue to do that. And um, this is the second time I've baptized a Noah in a row. Uh, and so uh, if you're a Noah here, um, <laughs> next time. <laughs> but uh, it's good to just to hear your story and um, to hear your commitment to say that you want to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. And so in light of that confession, we just want to baptize you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Ruthann, as you shared your testimony with us today, um, I thought of, of, of Newton's song where he wrote, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Mm. Twas grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. We are so glad that you and your family are here. I sense from your children today that they are rising up and calling you blessed. We thank the Lord for your faith. We thank the Lord that you love him and are following him. And now it is our joy to obey the Lord's command and to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Well, Grace, we're here, and uh, I'm excited for you. And I know there's a couple people watching online that uh, couldn't be here. That's your great-grandparents, is that right? Great-grandma. And, uh, and so we can look in there and say, hi, Grandma. <laughs> but it's, it was encouraging to hear your story, and over the past few years that we've been at West Highland as a family, it's been great to get to know you and your family and just to see how God has really been at work in your heart. And, uh, and how you're growing as a young woman who knows and loves the Lord. And so it's my honor to now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. sense of well-being and brought me closer to our Lord as well as many more of you each week. Today I'm being baptized to obey Jesus' command and to claim that I am his disciple. I come to you today with a happy heart asking what I already know the answer to, that West Highland would accept me into their family and continue to help me grow in my faith and spiritual well-being. I look joyfully to this baptism and calling West Highland my home. I also look forward to getting to know more and more of you and continuing to serve alongside you here in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Thank you and God bless everyone in the West Highland family. Good morning, West Highland. My name is Abigail Feliciano. I was born and raised in Hamilton with the blessing of being raised in a Christian home. We first came to West Highland about 10 years ago. Growing up, I remember attending church, but never had a real interest in the Bible or listening to the pastor. No offense, Pastor John. <laughs> I also did not have many Christian friends, nor any religious friends to talk to about my faith. 
I've always had religion and good morals, but there was never that deep relationship with God. For years, I lived a life that was centered around my own desires and selfish pursuits. An example would be moving out of my parents' home so that I could have the freedom to live my life on my own terms. I indulged in various forms of sin, and I was completely unaware of how my actions were affecting those around me. I pushed God away, and I tried to fill the void in my heart with distractions, but nothing seemed to work. I was broken, lost, and searching for more, but by the time I realized it, I felt like I had done too many wrong things and that he would never forgive me for my sins. However, today I stand before you to testify about how putting my faith in God has helped me through the toughest moments of my life. Last year, sorry. Last year, I experienced many tragedies, losing family and loved ones within a span of six months. I couldn't believe it, that life could be so cruel and unfair. And just when I thought this year would be different, I received news that my boyfriend was diagnosed with cancer and in a coma for a month. It was a tough blow, and I felt like my whole world was crashing down. My faith was tested, and I questioned God's plan for me. Feeling lost and hopeless, I prayed for the first time in a long time. It was then I knew God was always there and has been all along, but we are the ones who stray away. After experiencing so much loss, I realized that this world is temporary and the only true source of comfort and strength in times of pain and sorrow are found in God. And so I finally submitted to him. Through prayer and constant support from my family, friends, as well as the church community and Alpha and Oasis, I found the strength to face my fears and trust in God's plan for my life. I held on to his promise that he would never leave me nor forsaken me. I have seen God's faithfulness and love and have gained a huge family in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for showing me that there is so much more to life than what I was chasing before, because those who come to God by faith in Christ are free. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. I want to live a new life following Jesus, and one meaningful verse that has helped me is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It reminds me to not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing my mind. Living differently than the world around me can be challenging, but with Jesus guiding and strengthening me, I am confident and hopeful to over overcome any obstacle that comes my way. This is why I felt led to become baptized. There is a beautiful verse in Romans chapter 6, verse 4 that says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. This verse reminds me of the hope I have in Christ and the promise of new life that comes through by obeying this command. Looking back on my life, I can see how far God has brought me. By his grace and power of the Holy Spirit, I am no longer the person I once was. Instead, I live my life with a desire to honor God in all that I do. I'm so grateful that Jesus lives in me and that I have the opportunity to serve him with all of my heart. I know that being baptized is not a cure-all for all of life's troubles, but it is a step towards a more meaningful and fulfilling life. Through baptism, I am publicly proclaiming my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and my willingness to serve him. I'm excited to see where this new journey will take me and how God will continue to work in my life. Lord, my heart is open and ready to receive all that you have for me. Thank you. Hello, my name is Cadence Paddock, and I am 10 years old. My dad, my mom, and my two older sisters all attend West Highland Church. We came to West Highland about five years ago when my parents decided to switch churches. I attend Star Kids on Sundays, which has helped me learn more about God and grow deeper in my faith. 
I grew up in a Christian family. I would attend church on Sundays, go to church camp, read my Bible, and pray together with my family. I'd always ask my parents lots of questions and wanted to understand and learn more about God. I know in the Bible it says, if you trust in Jesus and believe in him, you will have eternal life with him. I know that I am saved because I love God and trust Jesus. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins so that I could be forgiven. And I believe he was raised from the dead so that I could have eternal life with him. I don't know the exact moment I was saved, but I know I've been praying. I've been praying many times for forgiveness and for Jesus to come into my heart and save me. Two years ago, I was faced with a life-changing challenge. There has been many times of struggle for both me and my family, but I keep on praying to God and trusting in Him to help me through it each day. I know that God is with me. A couple months ago, I felt a call from God that I was ready to get baptized. I want to get baptized today as a symbol of my love and trust in God and my desire to be with him forever. I want to follow Jesus forever. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Emma Steimers and I am 13 years old. I grew up in a Christian home and I've been attending West Highland ever since I was a baby. I have two loving parents and two brothers. I first accepted Jesus as my savior when I was four years old in my room with my dad. I have learned that being a Christian is not always easy. Being a triplet is a rare thing and it's sometimes hard to get along with my brothers. Sometimes I don't think I fit in with them, but I know that God is with me and I know one thing, that being a triplet means that I will never be lonely. There have been a few times where I didn't think God loved me and didn't care about me. But God showed himself to me once more, and my faith in God has grown. I trust him with my life, and I know he will never leave me. When I was seven, my mom had heart surgery, and I was scared. I was little and didn't fully understand what was happening. I remember my dad took me and my brothers to the hospital to see mom. She was sitting up in her bed, happy to see us. I was so happy to see her smile because I knew that God had saved her. There is a verse that has been my favorite since I was six. I have probably read it over a thousand times. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This verse helps me through my trouble because it reminds me that God is always with me, even when I am scared, lonely, or sad. I want to get baptized today because I know that I am a sinner and I trust that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I love Jesus and getting baptized as my act of obedience. Thank you. Hi, good morning. My name is Kevin. In my early years, I was a believer, uh, but I didn't quite understand the implications. I ended up turning away from faith, and in my own self-righteousness, I depended on my acts of service. These acts of service made me feel good and made others around me uh, think I was a good person. In Alpha, I learned about the different ways that God speaks to us. I am very blessed because God has led me to salvation through intelligence, through scripture, the Holy Spirit, and through people. First was through my son, Bennett. You see, my son is two years old and will soon be going to school. And we recognize that schools in the faith generally seem to score better on a number of, uh, number of areas. So one of the requirements for him to go to a school like this is his parents being baptized. So I did what any normal person would do. I asked for a Bible for Christmas and started reading. Second was through the book of Job. While reading the book of Job uh, and learning about the plights of Job and his friends, I felt a connection because there are people in my life who, who suffer. To me, it seemed like there was so much pointless suffering in this world, but I was learning that that is part of God's divine plan. Third was through listening to Pastor John speak here at West Highland. During one of his sermons, I felt incredibly overwhelmed with emotion. I came up to him after the service, and he recognized the work of the Holy Spirit. 
I soon recognize that as it says in Matthew 6, verse 2, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. My salvation would not come from my acts of service as I previously believed. I therefore confess that I am being baptized today because I am saved only by the grace of the Lord Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for my sins. I will close by very quickly reading Psalm 84, verse 12. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I feel blessed today because I trust in you. Jeremy, you're the biggest guy we've had in this tank in a long time. <laughs> but it's a joy to have you here. <laughs> I remember the Sunday when you stepped forward and received Christ. It was the last Sunday of August, and we had just finished a series in the Gospel of John about the miracles of Jesus and how the miracles pointed to the truth that he is the Son of God. And from that morning on, you have been here like every Sunday almost and you have been serving the Lord here. And we have seen real evidence of God's grace in your life. And so because you have believed in the Lord Jesus, it is our joy today to baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Abigail, for sharing with us today your story. I remember when you and your family came to the church, and I remember that you listened, but you weren't there yet. You really, your heart wasn't open. So to know that in recent days, God has worked his grace in your heart is a wonderful thing, and we praise God for it. Thank you for sharing with us what God did for you. Because you believe that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, it is our joy now to obey the Lord's command and baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Cadence, I remember when you and your family first came to West Highland, and I actually remember a visit in your home when I met you for the first time. And I talked to your mom and dad about the Lord Jesus, and that was a significant uh, day in your mother's life, I think. And uh, since then, you guys have continued to come, and we've seen God's work of grace in all of your hearts. Thank you for sharing your story with us, that you now believe that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And because you do believe that, it is our joy now to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Emma, it was great to hear your, you share your story this morning. And uh, yeah, as I see you around the church building on Sunday mornings, I just sense the joy of the Lord in you and that he is at work in your life. And uh, it was great to hear your story and just hear how Joshua 1 verse 9 has been so important to you, knowing that God has called you to be strong and courageous and also to know that he'll always be with you, even in the good times, but also the bad. And so because of your faith, we're excited now this morning to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Kevin, I remember the Sunday morning when you came up to the front and started to speak to me, and it was clear that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you. You are the first individual I have ever met uh, who I can say has come to know Christ as Savior through reading the book of Job. <laughs> it's amazing. But we know that the Lord spoke to you in a clear way and that there was a context to reading Job in your own life that opened your heart and opened your eyes. We have seen you grow in the Lord from that day on and it's been my joy to meet with you almost on a weekly basis. And I thank God for you. And it is my joy, along with Jamie today, to baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
a Bible with you, and I hope you do, please turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. There is um, a religious word that um, you usually only hear it in a church, but sometimes it's a word, you know how there are certain religious things that sometimes make people cringe a bit? You know, you feel like if you hear this word, like you're in with a bunch of religious fanatics. And, uh, and, and this word is, is sometimes you, you hear it, uh, you know, from stereotypical Bible-thumping, Bible-pushing uh, individuals who lack social graces and get in people's faces. You know what I'm saying? It's the word saved. Now, as Canadians, we use this word all the time, especially at a hockey game when the goalie does his job right. <laughs> but it is a religious word, and, and some people cringe. I remember one of my first experiences with this. I, um, I traveled down to Chicago with a group of guys, and, and we were going down to Chicago for a reason, but on our way back, we, we stopped in at a very, very large church in a place called Hammond, Indiana. And there was a huge church there, and we wanted to see this church because it was like, it was like massive. It was like five or six thousand people. And I was sitting in the the balcony area. Actually, I remember I was off on this side. And at the end of the worship service, a song was being sung, and the pastor extended this invitation for people who wanted to be saved to come to the front of the church and get saved. And I'm sitting in the back there, and, and uh, I had very, very long hair at that time. It was very long. Um, actually, I'm going to talk about this next Sunday morning, because there's a verse in the Bible about long hair on a man, but we'll talk about that next Sunday morning. I had very, very long hair, so um, actually, I'm not boasting, but I had the longest hair of any guy in, a, in, my, in my high school. Yeah. I was like Samson. <laughs> Anyway, what happened was as the song was being sung and people were coming to the front, this very tall gentleman with a very deep voice and a brush cut tapped me on the, sh the, sh the shoulder and leaned forward to whisper in my ear and he said, young man, do you want to go up to the front and get saved? And it was creepy. And everything about that church was... Creepy. And maybe, maybe some of you are feeling the same way today about this church. Go <laughs> Romans 10, verse 1. Listen, listen to these words, brothers. My heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. There it is. There's that religious word. You can't get away from it. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. You know, when we talk about being saved, that means there's an opposite to this. If you're saved, that means that you weren't always saved. I mean, something had to happen to save you, which implies, it's implied right there in the word, the meaning of the word, it implies that you weren't saved before. It means, in the Bible's terminology, it means you were lost. Or to put it in the terminology of John chapter 3, verse 16, which is perhaps the most well-known verse in all the Bible, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you have everlasting life, then you're saved. If you don't have everlasting life, then you perish. And that basically means you're lost forever. So it's right there. So there are people who are saved, and there are people who, who are not saved, and they are perishing. It was interesting, uh, I don't know if Jer Jeremy's in the room, he's sitting right over here in the corner, but when he shared his testimony with us this morning, he, you actually mentioned the word, you said, that, uh, it, I got saved on that day, you said. It was a moment in time, something happened. Now... It's interesting, uh, Paul here is talking about his concern for people, specifically for his own people. He says, for the Israelites. 
Paul was a Jew, and so he's concerned for his fellow Jews, a natural thing. I would think that all of us as Canadians are concerned for our fellow Canadians, that they would be saved, that they wouldn't be lost. But Paul's implying something here, which kind of gets under the skin of people today. We don't like what, he's, what he implies. He's assuming a certain thing. If he's praying that the Israelites will be saved, then he's implying, he's assuming that they're not saved, but they already have a religion. They're religious. They're religious. And, and, and that's what he, he says in the next verse. He says, I can testify about them. They're zealous for God. But their zeal is not based on knowledge. You see, the reason why this gets under people's skin today and people don't like it is because are you trying to tell me that people who are religious and already have a religion are lost? Like, like that, that goes against the grain of our 21st century thinking. Because everyone thinks today, well, if, if you've got some kind of a religion and you worship some kind of a God, you're okay. You're okay. But that's not how the Apostle Paul saw it. And so some people would say, well, Paul was a bigot. I mean, he thinks he's better than his own people. He thinks his people are lacking something which I think they already have. And Paul says, no, they don't have it. They think they have it. They have a zeal for God, but they, they don't have it. They're not saved. And you see, the reason is, is because there's a, there is a confusion. There's a confusion. This is an important word. A confusion that keeps salvation far away from people. And he talks about that confusion here. Basically, he goes on in verse 2 and 3, and he says, what these people are trying to do is they're trying to work their way to God. They, they believe they can be saved if, if they do certain things, if they keep God's commandments. And, 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 and as long as they're kind of working at things, they're, they're, they're working their way up. And they're going to make it. That's what people think. And Paul says, no, 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 you, you can have this zeal and you can, you can try as hard as you want, want to. The, the Bible makes it clear, it's not by works of righteousness that we have done. We're not saved by our good works. We're not saved by our efforts. But that's the confusion that keeps salvation far away from many people. Because if you think salvation depends on you, if you think you can be saved by your own efforts and your own good works, then, then, then salvation is going to be far away from you. You'll never be able to reach it. And the reason why you can't reach it is the Bible says we have all sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. That simply means we've missed the mark. I mean, if God's mark is here, every time you pull the bow and shoot at it, your arrow keeps dropping short. It never hits the target. And you can never hit the target that God has established, which is perfect righteousness. You keep missing. You keep missing. And so there's this confusion that so many of us have, and that confusion keeps salvation far away. But there's an interesting line Right, right in verse 4, where Paul says, Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. And a lot of people read that and go, Christ is the end of the law. What in the world does that mean? What it means is this, is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, fulfills the law of God perfectly. In other words, if Jesus takes a shot at the target, Jesus hits it bullseye every time because he's absolutely perfect. And through the sinless life of Jesus, we have an individual, we have a human being, God became man, we have an individual who actually hit the target and was the perfect righteousness of God. Jesus doesn't need to be saved because Jesus hits the target every time with his sinless life. But there's something else that Jesus did. He's the end of the law in that the law 
reveals what we are. We're sinners. It points out to us. When you look at God's laws, if you read God's laws, if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's like a mirror that reflects back at you, and you realize when you read them, you go, oh, I have missed the mark. But the law doesn't do just that. The law actually points us to Jesus. It shows us that we're lost and we're perishing, and it points us to Jesus because Jesus is the one who died on the cross for our sins in order to make us right with God, in order to save us. He is the end of the law through his sacrificial death on the cross. He died for our sins. He didn't die for his own sins because he had never committed any sin. He died for the sins of the world, for my sins, for your sins. It's amazing. You see, there's a confusion that keeps salvation far away from us, but there is Christ who brings salvation near to us. And, And Paul talks about that in the next couple of verses where he, he says in, in, verse, in verse 4 and 5, he says, there are people who say in their heart, I will ascend up into heaven. Or they also say in their hearts, I will go down into the depths of the earth. And what does Paul mean by that? Well, he's saying it's, it's all about this con- confusion. There are people who are confused. They're thinking, I will ascend up into heaven to bring salvation down. And you have people going, whether it's ascending up or whether it's going, going down, people go on all kinds of, of mystical religious journeys because they think, if, if, you know, if I go visit this monk in Tibet or this guru in India or this, this holy man in some other place, if, if, if I go on a religious journey, surely somehow if I ascend up into the heavens or if I go down to the deeps, I can find salvation. I can find it. And the Apostle Paul says, no, you can't. You can't. Because that is confusion. And all it does is keep salvation far away from you. You cannot go up into heaven to bring the Savior down. And you can't go into the depths of the earth to bring the Savior up from the grave. Why? Because God has already done that for you. The Savior has already come down. You can't provide a Savior for yourself. You can't provide salvation for yourself. But God has provided a Savior for you. It's Jesus. He's the end of the law. He led a sinless life. He he gave his life and a sacrificial death for you. So why are you all caught up in thinking, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to go on this journey and I got to keep these laws and I have to do all these religious things in order to get salvation? No, salvation has already been provided for you. Jesus Christ has brought salvation near. It's not up in heaven. It's not down in some valley on the earth. It's right here. It's near you, he says. Salvation is near. And so he says in verse 6, but the righteousness that is by faith, that is getting right with God that comes through faith in Christ, says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? What does it say? It says this, the word is near you. It's in your mouth. And it's in your heart. That is the word of faith, he's saying, that we are proclaiming to you. It's in your, it's in your mouth. It's in your heart. How close is your mouth to you? You can't get much closer. How close is your heart to you? You can't get much closer. And, 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 and the Bible is saying that salvation is that near. It's as near to you as, as your mouth is near to you. It's as near to you as your heart is near to you. It's not far away at all. So you don't have to go looking for it. You don't have to go working for it. It's right there. And then he says, he talks about a, a confession that we make or a declaration that we make that secures this salvation for us. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth, there's that word again, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your 
heart, there's that word again, that God raised him from the dead, what will happen? You will be saved. There's the word again. Salvation is so near to you that all you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, and if you do that, then God will act, and he will save you. You see, the mouth in the Bible is the way in which we express what we understand and believe in. It's, it's, if you intellectually grasp a truth, then you verbalize it. But the heart is different in that, in, in that the, heart, the heart feels it. The heart feels it. So the mouth confesses it, but the heart feels it. The heart understands it at a deeper level. And if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, now, this confession that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, these are two truths, but they are closely linked to each other. Very closely linked. Because if you confess that with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then that means you in your heart actually believe God raised him from the dead. And the significance of God raising Jesus from the dead is that God vindicated Jesus in raising him out of the grave when he died for our sins, that God accepted for us on our behalf the salvation, the death of Jesus for our salvation, for the forgiveness of our sins. In other words, the resurrection of Jesus from the grave certifies beyond any shadow of a doubt that Jesus is who he claimed to be. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the Lord who can save us. And if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says here, you will be saved. So how does that happen? How does it happen? Well, look at, look at verse 11. As, as the scripture says, everyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. That means you'll never be disappointed. You know, some people think, well, if I, if I actually believe in Jesus with my whole heart, I'm sure I'm going to be disappointed in some way. Like, God will let me down. Like, I'll step out on a limb and believe in him, but then nothing will happen. No, you're not going to be disappointed if you believe in him. Look at, look at the next line. As the scripture says, everyone who trusts in him. There's the word, trust. That means to believe. That means to give yourself entirely to Jesus. And if you do that, you'll never be disappointed. You'll never be put to shame. And look at the last line in verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Is it any simpler than that? Yeah, I mean, can it get any simpler than that? Well, there it is with your mouth. Call on the Lord. In other words, if, if, you, have come to, if you come to the point today where you're, you're saying, you know, I've heard the testimonies of these individuals today, and I've seen the baptisms, and I understand now that there's something about Jesus, that he's the Son of God, that he died on the cross, and you're, you're at the point now where you're saying, that's what I want. That's what I need. And I'm prepared to confess today with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I really do believe in my heart God raised him from the dead because he died for my sins. And if you call on the name of the Lord, friends, it's as simple as that. Just calling out, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, save me. Jesus, I, I've been trying to find this. I've been trying to do it in my own efforts. I can't do it anymore. But you've provided salvation for me. I'm just going to trust you now. You just call on him. Just say that to him. And what does the Bible say God will do? The Bible says, you will be saved. Not maybe. Not hopefully. Not if you do a thousand good works plus, but if you simply call on the name of Jesus and you're believing in your heart, God raised him from the dead, 
If you do that, the Bible says that you will be saved. And so I just want to urge you today to do it. To do it. It happened to me over 50 years ago. You heard the stories of individuals today. It's happened more in recent times. But the bottom line is this. If you will trust Christ, he will come into your life. He will save you. He will give you eternal life. And you will get everything that the word saved means. You'll get the forgiveness of sins. God will declare you righteous in his sight. He will give to you the gift of the Holy Spirit who will live in you, God in you. He will give you eternal life. He will prepare a place for you in heaven. And you will never need to fear that you will be lost or you will perish because God will give you salvation. I like the word saved, even though it makes some of us cringe. And my heart's prayer and desire to God for you today is that you will be saved. Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, the baptisms we've witnessed today, the testimonies we've heard, this brief explanation from your word about salvation and how we can receive it by faith. I pray you will work in any person's heart here today who has not yet had the experience of being saved. That today, something that has been said, something that's been explained, a testimony that's been given will be the very thing that you use to open their hearts. So, Holy Spirit, we simply invite you to do your saving work in the hearts of individuals today, even as I'm praying, Lord. And I pray there will be many who call on the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.